0: Are the weird, the wacky, the wonderful, and share the burden of knowledge. My name is
1: Emily Roberts. Uh, mine, I believe, is Claire Midiki. Oh, you thinking about changing your name? <laughs> if I did, what should I change my name to? Carl. Car- Carl Midiki. Carl Midiki. <laughs> Carl. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. Okay. Been a while since I met a Carl. Yeah, you don't hear those. You don't I don't hear those as
0: much. It's really great in the St. Louis accent too. Just like Carl Carl. Like uh, a real a real clear your throat kind of name.
1: <laughs> That's what I need to announce myself. Yeah. In the world. I think Carl is strong. It is very strong. If you had an alternative name, what would it be? Uh, Carl, but with a K this time. Okay. Do you prefer the K, or are you just using it to be able to differentiate us?
0: Well, I just think that, aesthetically, Carl could look like a lot of things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what could that possibly mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what could that mean? I don't know. That's not my job.
1: Uh... I feel like Carl with a C wears a fedora. Mmm.
0: But you think Carl with a K is just from Germany. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I have but not that, said anything wrong yet, I don't think. No. I'm just saying that
0: there probably are lots of Carl's, Carl Mitikis from Germany.
1: I think you would think. I, I think the anything. name is or I Googling think the it. the name is more dutch than anything else I think. Ah.
0: Yeah, I'm getting some Lucases. I'm not getting any Carls. This is very sad there are no You can be the first Carl Midiki brother. locatefriends.com locatefriend.com That's so scary.
1: That feels like it should not be legal. There's a lot of like things out there where it's like bad people use this. I'm using it cuz I'm quirky, but bad people use this.
0: Yeah, no, no <laughs> I'm the exception. I'm not a weird stalker. I'm ready. Well, I, I'm ready I said, to show me more. And now we're getting a mix of Carl and last names that are like M and also Germanic
1: adjacent. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. When I didn't, there's there is one. I found two Carl. Well, I found one Carl Mitake, but he spelled his name slightly different from you. He actually adds a C in because I think they took the C away from the original
1: Carl. I think that's how that works. They- so it is. It wait is it C C? It's not C C A R L. No, it is K A
0: R L. But the Midiki has a C put in it. Oh, that's disturbing. But he does live in Germany, so we have found <laughs> the Carl My German from brother from Germany. So I'm just saying this is a real this is a real human being before you make fun of the fun name I gave you.
1: I would say I didn't make fun of it too bad. I said I think that Carl would wear a fedora. Carl with a C. And I stand by that. I need to
0: get some I need to get some of those little hats for pencils.
1: Erasers?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to get, like, some of those little eraser hats. All of oh, my pencils don't have erasers. So I'm like, I don't want to throw away a full pencil just because it doesn't have an eraser. I need to get one of the little hats. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about when I say the little hats.
1: <laughs> I just thought that surely I was like, maybe she's referring to something more specific. No! But no, it was just eraser head. The okay. Hats. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, I clocked it.
0: <laughs> you know what I meant. That's what matters.
1: Yeah, the the language is supposed to convey meaning, and the meaning like, was conveyed. This.
0: I can't throw away this pencil. Just oh, like... girl, that's
1: Dixon Ticonderoga, baby. Yeah, you ain't throwing this, that this is ish good, this away. Is the good stuff. All
0: of my good Dixons. And then I have to... See, look at this. I still have... It lasts so long because it's a Dixon. Yeah. But I think that they need to provide me with way more eraser because the pencil is such high quality. Yes. You know, that I don't... It doesn't break a lot. So I don't have to sharpen it a lot.
1: Yeah, Dixon, Because I'm messy. Is like... I'm messy. We're all... Yes. We're messy... But man, Dixon Ticonderoga hold up. They hold up. They hold they are... up. I remember being in middle school and I was like, this hits different. And I started refusing to write with anything but Dixon Ticonderoga. I was like, I truly, live a fancy life. I'm bougie.
0: Truly, if you buy the cheap pencils, you're wasting your money. You're wasting your money. You're wasting you know
1: your
0: what? money. You could buy your kid 50 Ticonderoga pencils. In middle school.
1: Last year through college, And they will baby.
0: use them through college. Use it's
1: them through college, true. It's true.
0: One and done. One and done. All you need. I remember, uh-huh.
1: like, I've, like, in the past met people who didn't know what Dixon Tech Rogo Rogo was. And I was like, we live a different lifestyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, for sure. There are people who don't know what you're talking about when you're like, I am name branding my pencils right now. You know what? I sharpen this, sis. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you might need to worry about the, the lead breaking. And I'm like, you might, you might. But I got a Ticonderoga. Okay, I can make this as sharp as a spear.
1: Okay. And she's not gonna break. A on will a fine point. And she's not gonna. She's not gonna fracture. She's built different. You know. Built she's built different. Different.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I aspire to be as. Steady and long last, <laughs> as a Ticonderoga. <laughs> and you know what? The writing—I don't know what it is about the lead, but you get it. oh, cheap it's so pencil. smooth. It's so smooth. It's smooth. It's dark. You know those cheap pencils mm-hmm. where it feels like you have to really scratch at it. Yeah. Ah.
1: You're like, why is this like this gray, faded color? No, I need that. No, Oomph. <laughs> that ba Crisp- boom.
0: That crisp line that only a Ticonderoga can deliver. Uh. (laughs) This is not an ad. Uh, (laughs) We're just like this. Anyways, I need to get little hats. uh, Are you going to get like cute ones? My Ticonderogas
1: are balding and I need to give them little hats. (laughs) Are you going to get like really like cute ones where it's like, this is a fruit basket. This one's a tiger. This one's a... No,
0: I just want the little, the ones that straight up look like little hats. That's
1: fair. So that's fair. That, I mean, that, like I just, had to double check, but.
0: Because I could get, like, one of those block erasers, but I don't like those. I don't like having to, like, put, I never want to, the Ticonderoga pencil <laughs> is such a good pencil that I never want to have to put it down. Exactly. Well, and this is the <laughs> other thing,
1: is that, like, I feel like you're also trying to relive the joy of the eraser itself, which is, like. Being able to just, like, fantastic. flip it. Oh. Just, like, twirling your fingers,
0: flip it over, erase, 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 flip it back over, Get back to work.
1: It erases so beautifully, too.
0: Okay, now, I, I think that we talked about Ticonderoga. I also have a very specific favorite pen brand, and I will only use those pens. What's your pen brand? What's my pen
1: brand? Yeah. Do you have a pen brand? I'm not a big pen person. Neither am I, I. I. knew I do know pens that hit different.
0: My favorite pen brand are pilot pens. I will Girl. only use Pilot pens! Cause you
1: know that you they're know. the best pen. You know. They're smoother. They hit different. They are so smooth. Oh, just a beautiful writing experience, baby. Which like when the just like the ink glides Ooh. on the page.
0: Ooh. None of that like scratching at it trying to get it no effort no that weird ink smell that cheap pens have absolutely not with my i love pilot the luxury pens. that we live in i have so many like literally on my desk right here right now look at all my pilot pens baby look at all these Pilot these aren't even all my pilot pens different colors mm. I, I, love love a pilot pen. I love
1: that for you i love that for you
0: we should probably talk about it. We should probably do a podcast. I mean, we could do a stationary podcast, but I don't think that's what the people are here
1: for. You know, it would provide a chaos element to it. It would provide just a truly wild element. A podcast where we just try different types of stationery and review it. Yeah. Oh my, we could,
0: you know, Claire, when you move up to Minnesota, we could do... <laughs> I, you know I'd do it. A series... You know what I we would review do it. stationary.
1: I would do that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me?
0: I would do that in a heartbeat as well.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> would we start with Dixon Ticonderoga just to just be like.
0: Oh, do a blind pencil test? Oh
1: god. Yes.
0: You would have to literally wrap the entire pencil in like tape so that you couldn't tell.
1: Yeah. Because the color. The color is so. Buy the oh color. my god. I. You... Listen, I I clocked that Dixon Ticonderoga when you were waving it. It wasn't like I could read the fine print. No,
0: it's that bright bright sunflower yellow and that green, baby. It is distinct. Mm. It is branding.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) All pillows are yellow, you might say. But women's eyes are able to perceive more (laughs) colors. And therefore, I know the difference. That is also a scientific fact. That for what? some reason, yeah, female eyes can perceive uh, more color than male eyes. We have, in general, like, the ability to distinguish better.
1: What? This yeah, is the I thing. You know, is like, comb- I, I saw, like, all those posts where it's, like, guys won't know the difference between these two colors. And it's, like, well, they're two different colors. For the most part, I feel like everyone, if you just, like, take a second to look, can distinguish the two colors. But just in general... We can perceive more colors? Do women
0: see more colors than men? A new study confirmed that men have a a far higher chance of struggling to tell the difference between hues. You have more men are colorblind, and some women have the ability to see, like, way more colors.
1: Absolutely wild.
0: Only women have the potential for super color vision? What? That feels
1: wild. Super... First, first of all, you're gonna throw in super color vision. Who is she?
0: It's because uh, apparently, like, it's because like your color receptors are on the copy of your X chromosome, so you have a th- theoretically a higher ability. Men, real women, really do see things differently. Tell me all about it, National Geographic. We're gonna have to cut a lot of this. Uh,
1: <laughs> Listen, we're here to learn, me
0: and you. Okay, females eyes. are better at discriminating among colors, researchers say, while males excel at tracking fast-moving objects and discerning detail from a distance. But also, yes, there's some people, there's some women who have really, really, like, just genetically have, like, the ability to see more colors. That's why. more
1: variation in color.
0: Have you ever taken one of those tests to see how good your color vision is?
1: No. I've taken the, like, are you colorblind test, and I'm like...
0: You're not colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I have, and I did score like very, very high in terms of like being able to differentiate colors.
1: But Ooh, show oh, off! Just, Look I'm at bragging. you! Oh my god! Stop! Okay. Someone boo her off. She about can my... see
0: colors. So
1: good! Oh my god! I can different. That's hot.
0: But I think I also like. I just did a lot of art stuff, so I think you get very oh. good. Like, mm-hmm. it's also something I think you can train. Yeah. And I do think women are sort of pressured to, like, train that
1: part. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Of their brain a little bit more. Yeah. But I also think that like. Some colors hit different.
1: You're going to tell okay. me. Are you going to teach me something, Emily? No. Oh. That's it. That's my whole section. Honestly, uh- <laughs> 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 a great section.
0: Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to talk to you about something. Okay. Okay. So, I don't know if you've seen this before, but I had seen it before, and then I saw it come up again, and I was like, you know what? This is a goofy topic that we should cover on our podcast. So. Okay. All right.
1: <clears throat> oh, I think I know. How would you know? How would you know, though? How would you know? It's not the name battle. No, it's, it's something else.
0: No. No.
1: Okay. No. Go for it. Go
0: for You're it. You're so suspicious. You're trying to come out here... And freaking cuckold me for the <laughs> entire podcast. Just really take my moment. No, do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. So I know that we live in COVID times, believe it or not, oh, when wow. we record this, but I am curious, Claire. Have you ever traveled before?
1: Uh, yes. Okay. Just in and general?
0: <laughs> yeah, in general. and and this is a tr- this is a trick question but but what is the most important thing about traveling?
1: uh remembering to take mm-hmm. your wallet with you. yeah, uh-huh, and drink clean water all the time.
0: uh-huh now. See, what I would say, it's figuring
1: out where you are going to eat. No, that can't be right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because you gotta get that good food. And I don't know about you, but like, finding a good restaurant, it can be difficult. Because there's a lot of choices. It's
1: true. Right? Yes.
0: So you gotta Google it. You know, you check TripAdvisor and Facebook. You read some reviews. Like... Yeah. I mean, that's the best way. To find a good restaurant, right,
1: Claire? Uh, yes?
0: What if I told you, though, that you can't trust reviews? What?! <laughs> <laughs> like, what if I told you that in 2017, the number one restaurant in London on TripAdvisor, it was filled with five-star reviews, pricing the menu, the food, the service, the ambiance... Did not even exist. Yes! Yes! Though I do wanna make a note because I have experienced something similar to this in that, like, when I went to Korea, like, there's no, I mean, you can go to travel guides, I guess, and find it, but like, there really was no good way to find a restaurant in Korea. You just kinda like did your best. Yeah, but our our uh Rachel and I's hot strat was just to look where, where wherever whatever restaurant was really really freaking busy. Yes, <laughs> that's, that is that's where a, we that's, would go. That's a
1: good one to do. Good way to go back. And it. we
0: ended up the first time we did that we ended up eating at this restaurant that only served cold noodles in basically soy milk. <laughs> huh. 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 Flavored
1: soy milk, I guess. No, just cereal. It's just cereal. <laughs> <laughs> just noodle cereal. No, I want to say
0: it was good. It, okay. Here's my <laughs> issue. Here's my issue. I think that if it was very, like, salty, I would have been way more into it. But in Korea, like, I think a lot of the salt they get is, like, they eat kimchi with everything. So, like, they don't really add, like, they don't do, like, really salty, savory stuff there. Mm-hmm. Like, all their snacks were sweet. Even if they were savory snacks, they were sweet. It was, it, I had a hard time. I was like, I just want some salt. Um, <laughs> I'm an American, please. I put salt on everything. Yeah,
1: please, I'm begging but, you. yeah,
0: it was more just, like, when we were eating it. It was, like, the first couple of bites, we were, like, oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And then you're, like, eating the whole bowl, and you're like... I do wish I had a little flavor variation. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What is it called? Let me look it up. Oh God, soybean milk noodles. It's chilled soy milk noodle soup.
1: Fair it's enough.
0: A cold soy milk broth.
1: Yeah. Fair
0: enough. So we went. We just went to like a like a restaurant right next to our hotel that like had a ton of people, and we we're like, huh, okay. So you know. Uh, is it hit and a miss? You know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes. yeah. it's not, it's
1: not uh, foolproof.
0: It's not foolproof. But anyways, hey, it's no more or less foolproof than reading a bunch of reviews on TripAdvisor, as we're about to find out. So let me tell you about the shed at Dulwich and the actual avatar of chaos and vice journalist who created
1: it, Uba Butler. First of all, love the name of Seth. Was this the same guy who, like, pretended to be a fashion... Yes. Okay, Yeah. This is the same yes, guy. I haven't... I don't know hardly anything about either situation. I just know that it happened.
0: Yeah. No, I'm only talking about the shed at Dulwich, because this guy has done just some wild things. For sure. And for sure. So I'm just doing this, but maybe I'll cover some of his other things. Um, but... I want to say that Uba Butler is his real name, but the more that I find out about this guy, the less sure I am.
1: For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Why, why trust that, really?
0: No, no. I mean, it is spelled O-O-B-A-H.
1: Uba. Uba. Great name. Great name. Feels fake, though. <laughs> A little fake, though. A little fake, though. A little so fake, So I'm going to cast doubt on Uba. Listen, but listen, there's not a lot of reasons to just trust this guy by word alone.
0: No, this man is truly like some kind of fake creature, just just truly yes. sees opportunity mm-hmm. for chaos, Mischievous sprite. In... Yeah, exactly. If you do not give him a cup of milk, he will make the cows run dry, etc., oh. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Ex-
1: of course. yes, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: So that's the energy we're talking about. So um, Uba actually got his start as a writer. So he, he writes for Vice. He does sort of journal- journalism stuff. Uh, sort of journalism stuff? No, he does journalism stuff. Um, <laughs> he got started as a writer by writing fake reviews for restaurants. So he would get paid and he would, I quote, write a positive review of their place despite never eating there. Fantastic. And when he monitored the ratings, the restaurants would actually grow and have better business because he wrote fake reviews for them. Yes. That tricks up. So he kind of became obsessed with TripAdvisor and other similar review websites. And, you know, he was just like, is how much, if any of it, is real? Like, can you, you know, clearly restaurants game the system. Like... Yeah. And it's possible he's done it, you know, so you can, you know, boost a restaurant with fake reviews. Um, and he was like, oh, but like, you know, the one thing, like in a video series on Vice, which I absolutely recommend you go watch after this, he talks about how he thought it would be impossible to fake a restaurant. Um, because but. he was like, you, you can fake reviews, but you can't fake a restaurant. I mean, it's a physical. You know, it's yeah, be real. yeah, 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 yeah. But then he thought about it a little harder, and he figured he, he probably could fake a restaurant, yes! and he wanted to if he could get it to be the number one restaurant in all of London. And I don't know if all of you guys know what London is. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. If
1: you've heard I think that's that the best town. way to
0: flex on the British. Let's all just collectively pretend like we don't know what London is. Oh my god! I think if the world just pretended like we didn't know what Great
1: Britain was, we would be a better place. I think I think that's probably true. I would agree with that.
0: Have you ever met someone who's just like a little too into like yes. British history, yeah. British culture, yep. and you're like, sis, you're buying the propaganda. Yeah, we're you're go- buying we're the, gobbling the colonizers'
1: the, propaganda. We can't get in it right now, like this.
0: We can't get it. One of my old roommates, she. You know, she was, like, a Japanese history major. But she also had, like, a weird thing about English history and, like, the royal family. And I was like, sis, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Okay? This is the colonialism at work. We've, all right? We've Decolonize. watched... We've Stop watched,
1: caring about the British. We've watched a couple too many Hallmark movies. And we've gotten a little too invested in the, the, the family drama. And we think that we can marry a prince, and it's not going to happen, and you shouldn't want to.
0: And the royal family are still a bunch of colonizers making money off of being colonizers. It's not good.
1: It's not a good look.
0: No, it's not a good look. And, like, listen, America is just as bad. But at least, like, if you're American and you have an interest in American history, that checks out. If you just like are like you know I'm living my life, but like I really want to talk to you about British history, I'm gonna be like, but why?
1: But what's the ulterior motive? Let's let's unspool let's, this thread. Let's yeah. get to the crux of this.
0: Let's talk about how how British history has harmed you. Yeah, let's. <laughs> we May, have to make unpack it. this trauma. <laughs> You have to make it personal. It's like when my mom was like, you should go to Belgium. And I'm like, after what they did to the Congo, (laughs) I was like, stop it. And I'm like. You raise a fair point. It's like my stepmom was like, she liked Charleston, but she didn't like how
1: much they talked about how slaves built everything. Girl. 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 Uh, Girl. Girl.
0: Like, sis. That has to be the core
1: of what we're, how is anything else relevant?
0: Yeah. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) So the first things first, he needed a location. So he decided to use his actual house, which was a converted garden shed. Obsessed. Uh, Hence the name of the restaurant, The Shed at Dulwich, uh, as the location. Uh, And then TripAdvisor also required two other things for verification. A phone number and a website. That's it? That's it, baby. That's it? That's it, baby. Oh, no. (laughs) So the man went and got a burner phone. Yeah. (laughs) To be the restaurant's phone number. Of course. And he created a website. So he then got friends and family to write reviews following a key outline because there has to be consistency. Love it. Yes. That's any good lie, you gotta have consistency. I think we can all learn from this. So here were the key the four key things. Okay. The restaurant was outdoors, Mm -hmm. it was weird, it was small and it was by appointment only, to keep people from showing up. Fantastic. So on the website, Oobla took fake foodie photos using random household objects, including uh, shaving cream, uh, bleached toilet blocks, honey, and even a fried egg that he put on his own foot and then cropped. <laughs> so you couldn't tell it was a <laughs> <No! in school. laughs> Is he nasty. He, na-
1: he nasty. We can admit it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the restaurant did not have a set menu. It had, quote, moods. instead. Yes. Yes. So to quote the website, you choose what fits your day. And our chef interprets that. So here ah! are some examples as listed on the website. Uh, contemplation. A deconstructed Aberdeen stew. All elements of the dish are served to the table as they would be in the process of cooking. Served with warm beef tea. (laughs) Is this allowed? (laughs) And then comfort. Yorkshire blue macaroni and cheese. Seasoned with bacon shavings and served in a 600 thread count Egyptian cotton bowl. For sure. Comes with a side of sourdough bread. Heck yeah it does. Yeah, so his friends and family over the course of a few months did just that. They wrote five-star reviews saying that they had been to the shed at Dulwich and that it was weird, but fantastic. One of my favorites read, the mood system is revolutionary. I went for horny and was not disappointed. (laughs) Though I guess, Claire, if you could go to a restaurant and order a mood,
1: what mood would you order? Disassociation, and see what they come up with.
0: I was gonna say depression. Hey! I was gonna say that, but, but that specific depression mood that makes you want to lay on the floor.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. Well, you have to pin. Yeah, you have to it's pinpoint.
0: Because depression is an umbrella term. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of moods within. There's is Disas- variations of
1: flavor. Exactly. Like I was thinking, like a disassociation or a derealization. Like that was my mm. that was my flavor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the tone that the mood I was trying to hit. You
0: want food that does not have a corporeal form. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the shed at Dulwich started climbing TripAdvisor's rankings Um, very steadily and I would say very quickly. Um, The turnaround on this is going to be buck wild for you, so hold on. Um, People were calling Ooblaw trying to get seats. Of course, In, including uh, business executives and celebrities trying to use like their clout and stuff to get seats at this. Yes, restaurant. because you know the more ratings there were, the more exclusive it seemed. People wanted, yeah, a
1: chance to eat there. It seems fancy um, and exclusive. Probably could it seems like you could like buy it out, and have like a private evening or something. That makes sense. And and they were
0: really, apparently it was a really great, really exclusive restaurant. And you know, the more you get told no, the more you want, especially people who aren't used to being told no, the more you want to be there. Um, People were calling trying to sell services to the restaurant, such as in the YouTube video, like he actually talks to a PR person who wants to try to represent the restaurant.
1: It's like, actually, we're doing great right now, PR wise. Yeah, we don't need it. Honestly, we're handling it pretty great. Considering it's not even real.
0: Yeah. And and things were escalating as his restaurant climbed into the top 1,000 restaurants in all of London. Oh, my God. Uh, People were figuring out his address based on Google Maps and sending him packages
1: trying to get into
0: the restaurant. They were applying for jobs to work at his restaurant. Um... And he was like, uh-oh, people are figuring out where I live. Yeah, uh, that would be me out Maybe this is starting to go a little too far. But six months after he decided yes. to create this fake restaurant, his restaurant was the number one restaurant in all of London.
1: This absolute mad lad. This absolute <laughs> buffoon with like a beautiful spirit of manipulation, a mood of derealization. Mwah! Yes. And at this point he accomplished his goal. He won. There
0: was there was only one more thing for Oobla to do, Claire.
1: What was that? For
0: one night only. Yes. For
1: free. Yes.
0: He opened up the shed at Dulwich.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he turned his house slash his yard space and remember, okay? I think we need to talk about this. Um he does live in a converted shed, which yes. means he's essentially in someone's backyard. Oh, fantastic, of course. Of course. Of course. Um so Uba wanted to make it feel real because he hadn't revealed that this was a fake restaurant yet. Like he found people who were trying to get in and was like, you can have a, a table has opened up. So he created this. He, so what he did was he cleaned up the backyard around his shed. He filled it with tables and outdoor heating lamps that he borrowed from a friend, um, including a table that he put on the roof of the shed. Fantastic. Yes. Um, he got a man with some chickens. There was a there was like a smaller sort of shed thing in the backyard. He got a man with some chickens, some a chicken wrangler man to put the chickens
1: in the thing as if it were a lobster tank. Yeah, as if he could pick out <laughs> pick a chicken. They could pick out their chicken of like that chicken.
0: Yeah, they could pretend to pick one. out the chicken. Uh, he had his friends become the waitstaff and sort of like train them on you know sort of like just the wild weird things they would need to say yes in order to realize the energy the absolute energy of this yes. restaurant like there's a point in the video where like where it just like has this bit where like the waitress goes namaste <laughs>
1: and i was yes. like yes this that sounds about right me. that checks out that checks out that checks in a big out.
0: way um he hired actors to be in about half the tables and to loudly comment on
1: how good the food was. Oh, fantastic. Yes, yes, yes.
0: He got a DJ that only played the sound of a restaurant because he wanted it to really feel like a real, very <laughs> strange restaurant. So he was playing restaurant noises to create the ambiance <laughs> of a restaurant.
1: It's just so powerful. It's just too powerful.
0: It's so powerful. I was like, I've never found a man more attractive in my life. You're
1: like, I see myself in you. I was like, wow. An icon.
0: Something to aspire to. Yeah. And the food he served. Claire, frozen meals. Yes. The man served like $1 frozen meals with like parsley like a sprig of air yes yes <laughs> take it look fancy when the guests showed up they were blindfolded and led to the shed because i have to remind you that he lives in the back of someone's for yard for
1: sure of course and the
0: wildest part claire no everyone said they liked the food and people asked to book again
1: yes 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 <clears throat> So,
0: of course, it was a media sensation, and when it finally came out, uh, you know, people were all sorts of... People had various different feelings about this. I mean, some people were like, you scammed people, and Upload was like, I never took anyone's money. Like, he never made money off of it. Like, I'm sure there are people who are mad because they're trying to get in, but like... Yeah. You know... He got, he got called, like, naughty on, like,
1: a, a British morning show. I bet he, got, he like, did. yelled at. I bet he did.
0: So, uh, that is the story of The Shed at Dulwich, the number one fake restaurant in London. Ubla um, has gone on to do a bunch of other wacky stuff I'd love to dig into, such as hiring a series of body doubles to go on television interviews and accept awards for him. <laughs>
1: Incredible.
0: Uh, just to see if anyone would notice, and they did not. <laughs> oh,
1: incredible.
0: Um, he even, as you said, crashed Paris Fashion Week. Though I will note this is apparently a relatively easy thing to do, is I've seen another group do a similar thing in terms of getting into Paris Fashion Week and sort of the absurdity of fashion.
1: Yes. Um,
0: so maybe that's like a th- like a thing that we could talk about, just like wild fashion stuff. Um, in addition, he recently, uh, is in the news because he became the host of Catfish UK, which is just some supreme casting. that's good. That is some good casting. Uh, That's
1: good.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you know, all the interviews and stuff, he really came down to, he wanted to show, like, in this sort of internet age, you really can't trust, like, fake things are everywhere, fake news is everywhere, I mean, you really cannot trust what you read on the internet yeah um you kind of have to go see things for yourself and even if you go see things for yourself like i think that like the night that he literally like made the restaurant and people went to book again just go like shows like when everyone around you is being like this is all good and this is legit and this is delicious like other people's, influ- like,
1: opinions do influence you, whether you realize it or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you, uh, I, I think there's, like, a, there's a pride factor in everybody, probably why some people got really mad about, like, the big reveal. It's because, one, it can feel humiliating, but there's, like, a pride factor of thinking, like, my, you objective. Not, you're too good, yeah. I'm objective. I can't be tricked. I think it's hard having your reality questioned, and that, like, that you can be mm-hmm. so easily fooled really messes with that a big way
0: yeah so um yeah oh oh what i want to say was TripAdvisor was actually like we have a robust system to determine fake reviews and also this fake reviews don't really have an impact because there's enough real reviews he was misguided because like it wouldn't work if it was a real restaurant there would have been people who were there saying it was bad if it was bad yeah. Like, that was sort of what they're saying, that, like, the real reviews balance it out. But I I don't know. Like, sometimes when I look at reviews, I don't trust a restaurant that has reviews that are too high. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because there are people who are, like, weirdos. Yeah. Who who would be like, that was really great. I love the food. I love the service. I love the experience. But we'll rate it a four. Because it's not the best thing they've ever had, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I trust restaurants that are like around like a four point seven. Yeah, you know, like it's good, but it's like realistically good. Like there's always gonna be like also there's always gonna be doodle people.
1: Oh, all the who time. Put one star or two well, it's star like reviews. it's like the people that review are oftentimes people that had like an incredibly positive experience or an incredibly negative experience. There's not a ton of people who go like. I mean, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, th- that's not like a universal truth, but I feel like that's how it tends to go and that can skew data one way or the the next.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just like no objective way to figure out whether a restaurant is good or not.
1: Yeah. Unless you go And to it's eat like there. you can and you can have like uh, like these are helpful tools, but they're not imperfect tools and they're very fallible tools.
0: It also comes down to like Food is a subject like we never talk about it as a society, but food is such a subjective thing. Oh yeah, like we've talked about it with like the disgusting food museum. Mm-hmm. You know, like food that like one culture finds extremely delicious. Like even one person, I don't like I don't like raw tomatoes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean a restaurant that has a lot of raw tomatoes on the menu is a bad restaurant. Yeah, I just don't
1: like it. I was watching this uh, documentary, uh, I guess, with my sister. And um, she had already watched one episode, so I had missed some of it. But it was all these sommeliers talking about wine tasting and, like, whatever the, like, highest, most prestigious, like, tests that people have to pass. Of like like, only, like, a handful of people pass each year. It's nearly impossible. And um, they all kind of don't know what they're talking about a little bit. Because yeah. taste is so subjective and like everyone's Gross. just kind of winging it out there. And it's like, that's okay.
0: You know how I judge wine? I'm like, how close to juice does this taste? And if it's very close to juice, it is good wine. Yeah. And if it doesn't at all taste like juice, it is bad wine. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not a classy, I'm not a classy gal.
0: You know what I mean? No.
1: I tend to enjoy drinks that don't taste like they have any alcohol in it.
0: Like, oh, there's nothing grosser to me than just like a very dry red.
1: Just like, ugh, oh. I, I struggle. I struggle. Now, waste not, want not. Like, I'll make it happen if need be.
0: <laughs> we'll make it's a wake it work. It's a Tim Gunn make <laughs> it
1: work moment. Yes,
0: I'll make it work. Sometimes I just realize that, like, sometimes you realize you're getting old, right? You know what I mean. And I'm like, the things I say are so archaic that, like, I don't know if my youngest cousin would understand what I meant when I said a Tim Gunn make it work moment. Like, has Project Runway exited the zeitgeist?
1: Uh, as someone who isn't, I never watched a ton of Project Runway. But
0: you listened to me say that phrase... Yeah. For eight years. Uh, Yeah, it was
1: really mainly through you that I understand the concept. I mean, I have seen a couple episodes.
0: But you've seen Tim Gunn come in, do the hand thing, and go, make it work, designers.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, it (laughs) does. You know,
0: it's a Tim Gunn make it work moment. Yes. Like, I track with that. I also say, that's going to be a no from me,
1: dog, a lot. I say that almost incessantly, and (laughs) Kristen at one point stopped me and was like, Is that from America's Got Talent? And I was like, what? No, it's from American Idol. It's Randy. I know. And I didn't have the answer for her. And we looked it up and I was like, oh.
0: No, it hit me. I literally said that. I was like, that's going to be a no for me, dog. And I was like, oh, my God, that's an old reference. Oh, my God. But it is very fun to like, when my dog is misbehaving and he's trying something, just like, I'm like, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. It hits different. It's funny. It hits different. The comedy, is a, the comedy, good for me.
1: Yeah, it's a joke I tell myself. I I give a good chuckle at.
0: So what are you bringing to the? T- I brought just some absolute nonsense. What
1: are you bringing? I'm bringing uh no nonsense.
0: Oh no nonsense.
1: No nonsense. No buffoonery. I would like it to be known. I know I've done a lot of conservation stuff, and this is going to be another conservation thing. We love to hear it. Love to hear it. We're trying to save the planet. I would like you to know, I'm looking into some mafia stuff for the next one. Mafia
0: stuff? So, like, I, I want you to know okay. there's other uh, there's
1: other stuff on the horizon. Can
0: I tell you what I'm looking at? Yes. Uh, I'm looking at a dog that could tell the future. Yes, ma'am.
1: Yes, so ma'am. Yes. yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm down. I'm in. Okay. So, Emily... Um, I would like to today talk to you about the largest seagrass restoration project.
0: Okay, I'd love to restore me some seagrass. Yes, this is the thing though.
1: We have to make it sexy. Oh we, had, oh, we have to make it sexy. Well, it's not... Se- people, I don't think, view seagrass as sexy. And the people oh. who do study it wish more people would see it as sexy. Uh, so we're, re- we're rebranding the seagrass. We need to rebrand the seagrass as oh, okay. sexy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'll get into it a little bit. Okay? All
0: right. I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. We, I'm, we, I'm ready. We want to restore it,
1: for sure. We want to
0: restore it but in a way that's sexy but in a way that's sexy
1: okay so you want to be horny for the grass yes 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 okay you're i'm glad that you're on board i'm on board I, see i'm on board i feel like we're both on board okay absolutely so the person who's leading this uh restoration project is robert orth from the university of virginia where he's a professor and he's trying to restore virginia's eastern shore Okay, great, love it. So uh, Robert Worth, alongside Carlos Duarte, branded seagrass as the ugly duckling of the environmental conservation world.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I hear that, and I understand. Like they're trying, we're trying to make the seagrass sexy. I don't know if negging the seagrass.
1: <laughs> they're negging the seagrass so hard. They're
0: negging the seagrass very early on very early I like, on i was i was neutral on seagrass and now i'm negative on seagrass so i don't know how they're gonna make turn this into a positive that's what
1: seagrass. i'm saying that's what i'm saying because i think we need to i read i'm not joking an entire academic article in which robert worth my love called the seagrass uncharismatic so many times it's, it's kind of like okay, but like, what do you want seagrass to do? Get a boob job? Like, I think so. <laughs> they kept on talking about how like sixty percent of coastal habitat like restoration media stuff is focused on the coral reef, and it's like, listen, we know seagrass is not as sexy as the coral reef, and it's like, I mean, coral reefs are pretty sexy. They're pretty sexy. They're working against, you know, they're, they're going counter current. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're yeah. working against it. And so, but you do have to stop calling the seagrass that you love so much uncharismatic and an ugly duckling. Yeah. Like it's yeah. ugly. like straight up ugly. Like, you have to, I need you in this moment to work with me. I'm begging Cause you. Because you would think America loves grass. Oh, we yeah. We love with, grass. With grass. Uh, with our our uh with our lawns, unfortunate yes. we don't support that, but we love, we love grass. We do love grass. They were like, listen, seagrass has so many endangered species, like tiger sharks, manatees, seahorses. He's like, we can we can make this rebranding happen. We can do this, uh, but you know, right now media necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily agree with us yet.
0: Okay, because I'm gonna say. I think seagrass has something that coral doesn't. I mean, there is an there is a Say there's it. a little bit of mystery. Yes, there's a, of like, there's a little bit of like what what's hiding in there. Yes, like ooh, show me more. It's like a tease. Coral, it's like oh yes, it's beautiful, it's stunning, but like what what's lurking inside of it? Fish probably. Seagrass, you can't tell. You got to get in there. You got to yeah. get in that grass.
1: Seagrass very much so has the vibe of like, what's under there that will pull me to the depths and never let me go?
0: You know what I mean? Right. And that's hot. And I don't There's think- mystery. Mystery is sexy. Mystery is so sexy. I think secrets are sexy. I think Robert really needs to hone in with your partner.
1: Sexy, (laughs) sexy. (laughs) Miscommunication is sexy. You heard it here first, folks. If I've watched any romantic comedy, drama, or Hallmark movie, miscommunication is
0: sexy. Yes,
1: love to see it. Yeah, lack of communication. Secret identities. Oh, big fan of a secret identity, and that and that is something that. The grass has, the grass has, the grass has that. It's got layers. Oh, it does. So, in the nice. Oh, my mom's
0: trying to call me. Do we? Do we? Yes. Pause? Yeah. Yeah. We gotta pause. Okay. Okay. All right. Love you too. Bye, mom.
1: <laughs> oh my god. god how can we take it from like how juicy that
0: okay, just was I, I think we have to tell the people i just got off a phone call um that was giving some hot family goss there was some oh, hot was family gossip yum, happening. Yum, 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 so you have to understand that we are cutting back into the podcast after i have received and claire by extension has received some hot family gossip so claire
1: let's Let's make this grass hot Again. This is the thing. is that I think we need to take the, the sauce from the family goss and apply it. Okay. We're applying a sauce. This is like a marinade. It, we're just like trying to transfer over. Yeah. Trying to marinate in that space that was created. All right. The goss okay. space. So first we're going to take you to the 1930s where all the eel grass disappeared. Okay. 1930s. 1930s. It's been a minute. Essentially there was a wasting disease. Caused by this yummy slime mold and a hurricane, mm-hmm. a lovely combo hurricane plus slime mold wasting disease. And, uh, that hit the U S East coast. And all of a sudden all our eelgrass was gone. So that means that there was large swaths of it dead, popular game foul disappeared. Um, like th- they had, um, these like commercially valuable fisheries for uh bay scallops that also like disappeared during this time and then they used to use the grass for a lot of different things for fertilization insulation packing materials and then all of a sudden it was all gone which is not great we don't Mm -hmm. care for that then the 1990s came around yeah We had already, we had emotionally said goodbye to eelgrass. We said they could never come back. They could never love us. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just not going to happen. And there was a couple of small patches of eelgrass that were found. Okay. Which proved that eelgrass could survive, could still survive in this habitat. And that it was a matter of this, like the, the seed recruitment limitation. Now, what does that mean? That just means that th- when they, like, produce and flowered and seeded and whatever the heck, it would not go that far. It would mm. go, like, a couple inches to the left. It wouldn't get swept up with the currents and plant and, like, whatever. It wasn't growing exponentially. It was, gotcha. like, it can survive and flourish once there, and it can sustain itself in its own individual patch for forever. But it's not growing on its own. So that's where Robert Orth comes in. So a little bit before 2001, experiments were done transplanting adult seagrass into the bay. And that was successful. And then in 2001, Robert Orth and a team uh, scattered seed, seeds across four bays. Which the, the four bays were South Bay, Cobb Bay, Spider Crab Bay, and Hog Island Bay. Which of these four, just as a side note, which of these four would you go to?
0: Hog Island. hundred. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. Spider <laughs> spider crab bay kind of bums me out a little bit. Oh, those spindly
0: little crab? Well, I mean, crabs are kind of, well, I should say spiders are the spiders of the sea, but crabs are spider adjacent.
1: So, yeah, yeah. They're the, the crunchy uh bug
0: friends. Have you also... seen the, like, underwater spiders that exist? No.
1: Are you gonna share? You're gonna share it with
0: I'm me. I'm gonna show you. Mm. No! They look like um. Hmm, how do I describe this? Did you ever see that War of the World movie that came out? No. In like, uh, the mid 2000's Like when we were young, the mid two no. thousands. No, no. All right. Well then, you have no context. Spider. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm gonna Google it. See, spider. I want to die. <laughs> I want to die. I don't want to live in a world where... I want to die. I want to live... I don't want to live in a world where this exists. Uh-huh. I want to go home. Can we call... Mm-hmm. Can we call um an exterminator for the ocean floor? Yeah. And just get rid They're of... They're pretty big, too. Yeah. No, I, I am clocking that, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I'm fully clocking sea spiders. hmm Oh, God. They look like, they look like the alien. The alien thing from aliens that suckers itself to the face of the people.
0: Yeah, no. And then they do, they do suck the, they suck juices out of their prey. That is their thing. God! We don't have to talk about that.
1: (laughs) Why? Why? I just want to talk about some nice little seagrasses and some
0: bays. To be, fair, to be fair, that's also what regular spiders do. So they're not, all spiders suck juices out of their prey. All right, friend. Uh, <laughs> sea spiders aside, tell me about this sexy grass.
1: Let me tell you about this oh, sexy grass. So essentially uh, what him and his team, and they coordinate with a lot of different people, did was they just continued to... Uh, put sea grass in areas that didn't have it, right? So they were spreading out seeds and they did that for 20 years. So Okay, work. Exactly. So over the course of 20 years, they uh were able to drop about 75 million seed- seeds covering uh 9,000 acres of coastal bay. Okay. And that ish is popping off. So, now, to be fair, it's not still at where it was in the 1930s just because like the 1930s it was everywhere. Yeah. In 1930s it was like um it looks like it maybe was in the 1930s there was 116 square kilometers. Right now they're up to 33 hectares so square do you
0: kilometer. mean kilometers? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want to go home. <laughs> I'm too dumb for this world. I'm too sexy for this. Okay, I we'll let the international audience decide who's kill right. Kill me. Okay, all you need to know, all you need to know, is that they've from they went from like essentially no seagrass 1990s to like very substantial. And they're doing seagrass. seagrass. Eelgrass. Right. Eelgrass specifically. So what do you think the eelgrass does? Well, I'm gonna say um,
0: if it's anything like actual plants. Yes. It's gonna be it's gonna be keeping the water from being murky because it's gonna be holding onto that soil. Yes, ma'am. It's gonna be keeping it. Uh, nice and fresh down there for friends who need places to hide. Yes. It's going to be great for all those things that want to eat things that live in the places that hide places. Mm-hmm. It's going to be producing a lot of oxygen, it's going to be oxygenating the water. Mm-hmm. Water. Yes. Uh, And that's it. That's all I can think about. Those are
1: a lot of the exact ones. Um, And there's like a lot. There's some overlap, right? So you have uh, sediment production. So it's making the ocean floor yummy and healthy and good. Um, We have obviously stabilizing the existing uh, sediment, right? Which is what you were talking about. You're stabilizing the ocean floor, which is yummy, Um, which also decreases water turbidity, which is decreases cloudiness of the water. And it helps purify the water, which is very yummy. Like you said, it's restoring vital habitats for marine life. So, because these are now like pretty well established habitats, because it's been going on for the past 20 years, um, well, some of them are more established than others, but the more established ones have like really well balanced like faunal communities. So, like you said the fish predators and the epiphanal prey, there's a lovely little balance of it that had been restored since the return of the seagrass, which is very yummy. It's, of course, increasing that biodiversity. Also very sexy of it. Very sinuous of it. It's boosting commercial fishing. Seagrasses also do this really cool thing where they modify and enhance environments by buffering the water. So they're changing- oh, Buff water? water yeah. Buff? Yeah, we're buffing the water- buffering so we're we're like changing the currents and the environment itself in ways that are healthier and better which is very yummy something that i was very confused by and still am kind of confused by uh, it traps and stores microplastics which is a good thing i think it's supposed to be a good thing because it's preventing it from going absolutely to the bottom of the ocean floor i couldn't tell if it was also washing stuff back up like, on the coast, if that was part of it, if it was, like, a catch-and-return thing that it was doing, or if it was just holding it so that, like, people could get it from there instead of, like, getting it from the bottom of the ocean. It was a little tricky to discern. But it is trapping and storing the plastics. Or
0: I guess, like, keeping it from being eaten by the fishes? Yeah. Yes. I think probably also that. Because I think the big problem is that, like, The fishes eat some microplastics, and then other fishes eat lots of fishes, and then we eat those fishes, and And then we're eating microplastics.
1: Which is not good for us. We don't like that.
0: No. I think that it's probably bad
1: for us, even. I don't know. I don't know much, but it seems like it could be bad for us. So, they're doing that. Around also... I should mention, around 2008, they started reintroducing the Bay Scallops. So they started a Bay Scallop restoration program that I think is going pretty well. Not as, like, crazy well as uh, the Seagrass restoration, but I think it's going okay. So we have a
0: strong, powerful, successful Seagrass.
1: Yes. But we still need to rebrand it? I know. Well, this is the thing is that the communities aren't recognizing how sexy that is. All right. She's underappreciated. She is. under. Yeah, that's what we're saying. She's underappreciated. It doesn't help that the actual scientists that are studying her are calling her uncharismatic and also ugly. I mean, that
0: hurts her self-esteem. Yeah.
1: These are supposed to be the people in her corner.
0: And confidence is half the sexiness.
1: Oh, it's true. It's true. And the more established she is, the more confident she'll be.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Of course. I mean, a downside about her is that she does get caught up in propellers. Okay. Well, but you know,
0: also... What, we're all messy. But we're all
1: messy. We're all messy. And also... Maybe we
0: need to build higher propellers. Have you thought about that?
1: They have thought about it. I think that they're actually in a pretty good place now because they've been able to, like... We're now at a place where boat technology is, I guess, good boat technology <laughs> you know i know you, know, a thing. you I know. know but no one talks
0: about boat technology oh my god boat technology. you know
1: the big you know big boat tech
0: no no i know like, <laughs> boat technology the thing
1: that civilization is based off of like 100 but also boat technology i a- also also talked about it in a way that no like clearly identifies me as someone who knows nothing about boats. It's not what a boat scientist would say. Yeah. They would have like a sexier name. Boat Tech. Name. Boat Tech. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm really glad you brought up the oxenag- oc- oxenagation? oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork. I'm really glad that you brought that up because my guy, these grasses? whew! They could store a lot of carbon. Oh boy. They can really eat that carbon up in a big way. So seagrass covers 0.2% of the ocean, but has 10% of the ocean's ability to store carbon. Love that. Love that. Which means, so seagrass meadows can store two times as much as temperate and tropical forests. I think we're talking like by acre or something. Then let's get more seagrass in here. That's what I'm saying! She's sexy, and then she pulls her weight. You know what I mean? So she's not just for looks. She's not just for looks. She's the whole package. So, nice as wifey
0: material. This is
1: wife her up! (laughs) Wife her up! She'll create a good life for you. She will. A better world, a better future. Anyways, what you need to know is that, essentially... Uh, these are essentially reestablishing something called uh, carbon sinks, lost carbon sinks, which is essentially like trees can store carbon in themselves and then in the soil. And they would mm-hmm. be considered a carbon sink because they're like, yum, 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 yum. I'm taking carbon from the atmosphere. So they're yeah. restoring lost carbon sinks that like used to exist, right? So that is... Mm-hmm very yummy and what's happening is they call this like blue carbon and essentially uh there are now incentive programs where you can get offset credits when you're investing in like blue carbon to offset like your like carbon you know how like i don't know much about like carbon output and how people calculate that but those can be considered offset credits which can uh incentivize people to invest in these programs make them so big so strong Let's do it. Let's do it. She's fiscally responsible. She's fiscally responsible. Like, what more do you want from her? Mysterious. Yep. She got. She has it. She has it all. She has okay, it. She all. might
0: not be as flashy
1: as the coral reef. All. God, stop talking. Entire package. Stop talking about the coral reef. Jeez. Seagrass. Seagrass. God. Anyways, so just to kind of sum up. What's, like, really awesome specifically about this project is that it is now serving as the blueprint for other projects.
0: Yes.
1: Because, because of the fact it's so, it was so long-term, it was so heavily monitored and researched over the course of 20 years. There's not a lot of projects, like, it's hard to sustain a project like that. Longitudinal studies are very difficult to sustain and maintain, which makes, like, a 20-year-long project. Project like this so incredibly helpful. So this revived essential habitats, and they there has been a ton of charting done on the cascading effects for ecosystem functioning regarding the eelgrass, which is like mm-hmm. huge because you can apply it to other areas of the world with seagrass. Um, and then they also showed the ways that you can combine efforts with academic, nonprofit, and citizen groups to like have a Tim Gunn make it work moment. Make it work. Make it work. All in all, very yummy, very sexy, very sinuous. Seagrass. That is
0: incredible, and I do. I want to let Seagrass have her moment. I want to let her have her place to shine. But I also have to call out the fact that it turns out the reactions on Skype include Space Jam characters. What? Ah uh, so there's a Lola, a Daffy, and a LeBron James. Oh there
1: LeBron, there he is. <laughs> oop, there he uh, is. Oop, there he is. Oh, the duck's mouth is so large. Okay, so that's something we
0: all have learned uh today. we learned we multiple so things we've learned many today. Things today. How about we learn one more very important thing? How can the people find us, Claire?
1: You can find us so many places. Uh, We have a lovely little Chaos Considered Instagram website uh, and Tumblr and also Twitter, technically. Don't worry about it. The most important place that you can find us is going to be on our chaosconsidered at gmail.com email. Because... That's where you can send us all your lovely little requests that you have in your beautiful little heart for topics for us to cover. Just keep in mind, send the things that spark joy, send them right over to me. I'll try to find the joy in them. Maybe please don't send me spiders. Sea spiders specifically, they bum me out really bad, but if you do, I'll try my best and then send all the things that, uh, spark a wild unsettling chaos flicker within you send those over to emily
0: i I will consume them and my power will grow um, even stronger unfortunately yes unfortunately um make sure before you leave that you're following us on whatever device you use to listen to your podcasts go on over to itunes leave us a five-star review uh we really don't care what it says but it does help us grow. Tell your friends and family if you enjoy it. Um, you know, we're we're here, we're doing it, um, and we appreciate your support. So, continue supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, good job, guys. Good job.
1: Go team. Break.